Hashtag never alone with Joe and Mark. Hashtag never alone with Joe and Mark. Hi everyone and welcome to Hashtag Never Alone, uh, episode three of season two. I am your lived experience host, Joe Ambridge. And I'm co-host, psychotherapist and relationship counsellor, Mark Fielding. Um, welcome back for another episode. I'd um, like to thank you to everyone who's tuned in so far for season two. Um, and also on the 10th of October, uh, just a little reminder, we're hosting a World Mental Health uh, webinar. webinar. Um, we'll be joined by season one guests. Uh, me and Mark will be hosting. Uh, it's a ticketed event and a percentage of the ticket sales will go to a mental health charity. Um, today's episode focuses on mental health and learning disabilities and we are lucky enough to be joined by uh, the amazing guys at the Baked Bean Company. Um, so we're joined by Hannah, Charlotte and Essen. Hi everyone. Hi. Hiya. Hi. Um, so just tell us a little bit about who the Baked Bean Company are and what services do you guys offer? So the Vape Bean Company have been supporting and coaching people with learning disabilities to get more out of their lives since 1997. Um, we use a mixture of improvisation theatre verbatim to create performances, workshops and films. And we hope that those workshops and films and theatre educate, entertain and inspire. Essen, do you want to tell a little bit about what sort of classes and things we have going on on site? Um, we do have a mixture of different classes, um, DJing, dance, um, different varieties of acting, um, cooking. Um, we also do, um, we used to do holidays, but obviously with COVID and everything. That's it. You probably covered most of what we do here. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that was all of them. Um, yeah, me and Mark were lucky enough to work with you guys um, many moons ago now. <laughs> um, so we know what you guys get up to and how, all the amazing work that you guys do, all the performances yeah. and multiple plays and what a pleasure all the students and staff were to work with. And it was a sad time to leave, but it was <laughs> unfortunately one of the choices I had to make. But I'm sure Mark would say the same thing. It was a pleasure working with Baby Bean Company. Um, where are yeah, you guys? I'm really, yeah, sorry, Joe. I'm just, I'm just going to mirror what you said. Yeah, I loved working for the Baked Bean Company. Such a great company to work for. Yeah, really nice. I was part of two of the plays, Paradise Mine and Stepping Stones, went on quite a lot of the holidays. And yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, and whereabouts are you guys based for anyone that's listening? Uh, we are based in South London and more specifically, sunny Battersea. <laughs> um, so I just want to ask you a few questions in regards to COVID because obviously having worked for the Baked Bean Company, I know how um, people with learning disabilities and a lot of the students love to have physical touch, hug staff after hug their fellow students. How have students managed to cope during lockdown, not be able to like have that physical touch or hug anyone or high five and stuff like that well i would say it's been it, it's been different for everyone i mean some people have found it more difficult than others but i would say we as a company we've learned to 
work work around it in in unique ways and we do cater to everyone's needs i think that's that really sums up the question in a, in a nutshell because like we do some some people have more needs than others but that doesn't mean we don't we don't help everyone we can so I think that's really key, Essen, because I think one of the things we definitely pride ourselves in is how adaptable we've been through COVID. Mm. Uh, you know, as a service, we didn't shut down at all. Um, we had on-site provisions for those um, that needed it, so essential care. Mm. We were doing home visits every day, phone calls every day, Zoom classes every day. Um, so it was really adapting to the situation. Um, but I think across the board we've, we've seen a real mixture you know of mental mm. and physical well-being changes uh, for some people they've been really positive actually we've seen a lot of positives um but for others you know there have been things come up with them causing issues with memory and anxiety i think is a big thing and physical abilities and i think that mm. has a direct impact to mental health doesn't it if someone's physical ability has changed um due to yeah. COVID, to then what what impact does that have on their their mental health i think it's a huge thing this is why it comes back to what i was saying just before about how the baked bean company sort of caters to everyone's needs and it sort of tries to help the best way they can they never really turn anyone away i've never known that and i think it's it's a really good thing that they embrace everyone yeah we had to do quite a lot of change to our routines, didn't we? Like Joe mentioned, we are a bunch of lovers mm. at the Baked Bean Company. So um, hugs and high fives when they were sort of removed, obviously, because of social distancing. Yeah. That was quite hard at first, um, just trying to get into the routine of not being able to do that. So we did things like elbow bumps and air high fives and things that's now just sort of integrated into how we communicate. It's become quite common, really. Yeah. Um, washing hands and... Um... Uh, with the um oh, you know the um squirty pump things and <laughs> I, I can't even think of a blooming name um, um you, we use the masks as well some some of them we use it on the buses as well um some of some some of the students like myself are um oh, what's the word not immune but um exempt that's yeah. it. it because obviously of other health conditions um but some some other students still wear them um but it, i think it's a personal choice um and obviously it's the distancing as well i mean things like that i think that's mostly um the changes that have have gone on. I can't think of any other changes. I mean, there probably are loads, but I can't remember them. I think it's also as well as Essen, as you say, um, some people wear masks, some people don't. Um, and with it being a huge accessibility thing, mm. um, I think it's all just meeting the needs and making those reasonable mm. adjustments to what what's out there. You know, touch is a huge thing for some of our students. Um, so finding ways around that because as much as you know we are implementing social distancing and we are doing our absolute best to keep everyone safe for some people touch is essential and mm. to get completely rid of that you are completely taking 
a way for some people a lifeline you know it's one of the their way of communicating yeah. so um just being clever with that and i think uh, thinking about what is more important in that situation is it more important in that situation that I don't get close to this person or is it more important that today they experience a touch because that's how they communicate so so like a sensory sort of thing yeah definitely it's exactly it mate. yeah and I think so you know just to go back to what you said a few minutes ago yeah I mean it's so fantastic you're able to continue the service during the pandemic because it's you know such so important for the students and students love to go to being so really fantastic you just were able to be you know adapt and then you know do, offer the same service but in a different way I wanted if it's okay just to bring us around to to the film and I'd quite like to hear a bit more about it the film's refocus exploring unheard voices um what, what's it about and, and where can our listeners find it access it um, so it was a documentary created with funding from a grant provided by Wandsworth Arts Fringe Festival. Um, and it was a three month process where we followed the journey of 30 of our actors at Bait Beans. Um, and we ran a series of workshops that explored different elements of how the COVID-19 pandemic had affected mm -hmm. them, uh, predominantly had affected their mental health. Um, and yeah, it's a, well, we're biased, but it is a really interesting watch. Um, and you can go to our YouTube channel, uh, which is simply The Bait Bean Company, and it's the first video on there. Um, and yeah, give it a watch. We're, it's, it's been very popular. Um, it circulated quite well when we released it back in July. Um, so it's got, I think, over 1500 views now, which for us is, is, is really impressive. Um, but yeah, the more it goes out, the, the more people see it. And we're, we're always pushing it out because it's still such an important conversation about how, you know, we're still mm. going through COVID, even though we all feel we're sort of at the tail end of it now. It's still very much prominent in our lives, isn't it? So, yeah, I also think it was good that some of the actors also tried to give voice for other people that couldn't or didn't feel comfortable going on camera. So they shared their stories from other, other students, um, which I think was a, was a good thing as well. So it's like everyone got a chance to um, hear their story. Even if it wasn't their own story, they still told the story of other people for, for other... Do you, do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what I like. I liked about it because it was sort of like very touching, and it's sort of like the few students that were filmed. It also sort of they they told the story. Some of them told the story for other people, and then others told their own stories. And I like I liked that. It was it was it, it was like we were helping each other, and that's what I liked about it. That that, that was just my favorite bit. Yeah, you took part in the workshops, didn't you, Essen? And it, I think mm. for, all, for everyone involved, it definitely was nice to have that space just to air what we're all feeling in a time where actually it's quite hard to vocalise it sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes movement, yeah. moving in a confined space. You, If you watch the documentary, there's um, uh, a workshop where we marked up small boxes on this on the floor and um, yeah. students created movement pieces and even that is you know a way of unleashing um, our feelings towards stuff but through a creative way that isn't just how do you feel about that it's it's more personal and creative yeah 
indeed i mean i thought that was quite an interesting workshop that one of the groups did and i remember the workshop that we did with you and hannah in in bie i remember it um we we were all doing a topic where we were all talking about this particular subject like how does how do we feel about covid and how has it affected our lives and it was the things that were brought up, I mean, obviously I'm not going to, because there's so many different opinions, it's it's going to, it will take ages to go through them all. But it, it was, it was interesting to hear everyone's point of view. And in a way it was sad as well, because I do think that, to think that we're not always heard, but at least this way we get heard, if that makes sense. And I think, that's another thing that I liked about it. It's it was our way of saying we are here. This is how we were feeling, and people need to start taking notice. And I think that it sort of what's the word? It sort of grabbed the attention of people, and but in the right way. So nicely put, Essen. Yeah. I think it's also a really important point there, Essen, is um, we're saying our voices are heard and, you know, we're heard. And you are one of the actresses within the company that can verbalise your thoughts and feelings very well. Yeah. Um, so I think the process of the documentary just gave that platform for some of our actors and actresses that maybe can't verbalise how they're feeling, mm. but to show how they're feeling and to explore those feelings through other ways and to process it. Because um, we were saying the other day, actually, we were having a conversation about when we were asking about the impacts of COVID um, on some of our actors, um, they were giving quite positive responses, actually. And mm. I'd be interested to know what now how has that changed now we've had that time to process it and really feel things because I think at the time we all just um you know we went into survival mode didn't we everyone just did what they had to do and got on with it but now we're starting yeah. to slowly have a little bit more normality to whatever our routines used to be before how has that changed and how are how are people thinking that they dealt with it now um uh, I think that, you know, I think now is the point that we're going to see real impacts in people's mental health. Mm. Now they're starting mm. to come out of that and process things a little bit more. Mm. I would still say I'm a little worried about the after effects of everything, not just, I mean, mostly with the emotional and mental side of it, but also like financial and other that cost of living and trying to cope with with all the changes because there's going to be so many changes now I've noticed and I, that's what worries me a little bit but um because I'm so used to staying indoors and like protecting myself from the outside world it's it's this big shift it's I mean for people like me I mean it's easy because I can vocalize and I can I'm, I'm more independent than some of the other students it, it's easier for me to, to cope a little bit more but some of the other students can't do that so it's it makes me think well how how are they going to do it how are they going to how they're going to cope with it so that's what I get a little worried about do you get what I mean um one of the things I loved about the film as well I'm, I'm studying learning disability support and one of the common themes I've noticed is that a lot of people with learning disabilities are all seeing this one one group 
consider individuals and it's one of the things that I tried to point out in the course that everyone's individual and that's what I love about the film that everyone's got their own stories everyone with the learning disability is different and is an individual and it's one of the things that the film's brought up and that's what I, I really loved about the film it's one of the big points about yeah. it yeah and for me I mean I've watched the film multiple times I, I would really urge all of our listeners to to connect mm. with it and watch it it really is such a powerful film you know and mm. the unheard voices the part I mean yeah I mean that, that's so true isn't it I think with you know a lot of you know people with you know learning learning disability and this film you know really really shows powerfully you know the, the students that took part their feelings around Covid and their experiences it's a great film. Mm. Mm. Um, I was just saying it's really interesting what you were saying as well, Jake, because um, uh, another conversation we were having the other day um, actually was about um, mental health and learning disability and how you were saying there that, you know, people are very different. Um, and I think it's really important that we highlight that, you know, there are people with mental health issues, there are people with learning disabilities, then there are people with both. And I think um, because of history around learning disability, quite often they're still put into the same bracket. And they're not the same thing whatsoever. No. Um, so I think it's really interesting talking to you guys about it from a mental health point of view and how that sort of um, complements or contradicts what, what we teach um, in terms of learning disabilities. Yeah, I mean, I guess these are, I, I guess, you know, there the, the have to be descriptions of groups, but I know Joe and I really struggle with it, you know, because everyone is an individual and needs to be treated in that way. We all bring something different to the table, don't we, as human beings? So the, these overarching, you know, categorizations, I think, are you know, often not really helpful. Mm. Mm. What, what, um, what impact do you think Refocus has had on on its viewers? What impact would you like it to have, and what impact do you think it has had? Well, I would. As one of the actresses that took part in the filming, I would hope that it sort of opens pe opens people, sorry, opens people's eyes to not our plight, but uh, more like see where we're coming from, walk a mile in our shoes a little bit, and sort of understand that we're people too. We have thoughts, we have feelings, and I think how how life affects us, but not just life, but how COVID has affected us, how how things affect us generally, and I I think that's the what I would see um, would be the best outcome is to for people to start thinking well actually. I can't, it's difficult to explain. It's, I think, I, Hannah, you, can you see what I'm where I'm coming from? Because I'm sort of struggling how to word it. Absolutely, I think you you worded it very well. So it's that awareness, isn't it? It's it's all about awareness ultimately, all of the yeah. time, and it's all about battling that stigma. Um, mm. It still exists. Yeah, and that's it. It doesn't matter how far down the line we move. Ultimately there's always going to be something new that needs to be brought to an awareness and there's always going to be a new stigma. Um, unfortunately, in my opinion, that's kind of the way the world works. So um, it's, it's bringing everything to awareness and giving those people the platform and the voice to be heard. Um, mm. 
so yeah and also just encouraging people to be an ally and the power behind being an ally for marginalized groups is just you know it's all well and good people thinking that um things are wrong in the world but it's not until you you know stand with or by people as an ally that you, you truly start to see power in that um mm. we've we've had so many really positive responses from people like writing into us um we've got some comments some like that people made some like nice feedback which was just like how candid and like eloquent it was um and you know people saying to watch it and have your eyes opened and i think that's that was our intention this whole time is for people to just watch to, you know spend 30 minutes of their life watching something that actually held a wealth of knowledge and and that knowledge came from a process that was completely guided by our students and i think that is is so powerful in itself to be honest yeah one of the things i loved about the film was well not only did you have people speaking and acting you had the statistics and stuff in the film to kind of highlight the point that you guys were trying to make and some of the statistics are like really horrible, like the way people and uh, learning disabilities are treated and kind of ignored and brushed to the side because they're seen as different. And that is, um, I'm glad that you guys highlighted that point because hopefully it will make people take notice that maybe you guys need to, as you said, you need to be heard. And everyone mm. has mental health issues. Everyone has, no matter who you are, it's also not shying away from those statistics with, with working with our actors as well. I think some, like, I know Essen, you're fantastic with keeping up with the news and what's going on in the world. And Essen is definitely one of these people that will bring problems to us and will say, hey, we need to focus on this. But there are other people that maybe aren't so aware of things that are directly impacting them. So I think mm -hmm. one of the big things of the process we had is to make sure that we were including other people in those conversations and making them aware and supporting them to have their own opinion on the topic and their own opinion on these statistics that are kind of being thrown around in the news all of the time and mm. what do they mean mm. and how how can we generate feelings around that it's giving access to it really isn't it yeah Just creating a, a, a project that enabled people to have an understanding of things that affect their life exactly i was just about to say that, that it, there needs to be something where everyone can understand it it's not just whatever the term normal is i i personally don't agree with that term but i think it's all it's all geared towards what the average joe can read and do but what about people like me and other other actors and actresses in baked beans i mean we're not stupid we can still like access these things but we we just need the extra help and it's like that's that's all i'll say on that matter because <laughs> it's i mean that that just that's it in a nutshell because i just think that it's we just need that help to access these things that's all yeah i mean i guess that brings us to another question around it. are there enough resources i think for you know for kind of 
adults with learning disabilities or mental health i mean did, are, are there resources do you think and just also before you answer just to pick up on what you said Essa. yeah i really struggle with the word normal normal too i mean what what, what even does that mean you know mm. i mean it is just the average person statistically you know uh, uh, any one of us that person but no we're not i mean i, I also really struggle and it's meaningless really isn't it but, but, mm. but in terms of the resources are there enough and could there be more what, what, what are your thoughts is that to me or to uh, to, 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 to anyone really? If you want to answer, no problem. Yeah. Um, coming, talking as if obviously, I can only speak from my experience. Someone that is from because I I was diagnosed when I was with autism and other things when I was really really young, and. Growing up, my mum had to fight for everything that I had, and it was difficult. I mean, there's definitely more things for young for, for younger people that have special needs now. Um, and but I still think there could always be the services can be improved, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I mean. There's, there always can be improved. There's always can be improvements, but I would also say that you you never really know how, what's actually needed because how many of how many people in in, a, in my community there is you you, ne you you're never going to really know because there's always there's always going to be more of every if you see my point it's. Mm. Can I jump um, in with you, Essen? Pun? Can I jump in there with you? Yeah, because I'm. I, I, do you get what I'm trying to get at? Because it's I can't word it properly. <laughs> yeah, I think there's always going to be a need, isn't there, for for something? Yeah. Else. I think ultimately, a lot of that is training, and a sad reality has come. What comes with training is funding, which we know is a problem. <laughs> problem. And I think that, so I was having a conversation, um, this was probably three or four years ago now with a lady who is a mental health nurse. And uh, when she did her training, um, part of her green light training, I don't know if it's changed na names now, but at the time it's called green light training. And part of that training to become a mental health nurse, she only had to do two hours of work with people with a learning disability before she became a professional, which is, <clears throat> insane really that's that's like obviously i know it's very different if you're on a specialist course for people with learning disabilities but just to become a mental health nurse and only to have had two hours within that um i think it's a four-year course and only two hours of that four-year course um is with people with learning disabilities no wonder there's a lack of resources and a lack of support i think um I was in a meeting the other day with them. So we train up healthcare professionals um, mm -hmm. how to work better with people with learning disabilities. And uh, we got into quite an in-depth conversation about hospital passports um, and how a hospital a passport is supposed to be there to aid and support and um, make uh, people with learning disabilities healthcare more equal um, and make sure they're getting the support they deserve and need. However, it's still paper form. Uh, so, if something's still paper form, I don't believe that anyone's, if you're rushed to A&E, who can just put out a 
a paper form of a passport and it's something so simple that can be digitalized and put on file um but just because it's nobody's job at the moment and the funding's not there to make it somebody's job but it's, it's not happening so it's again that conversation of funding which is always mm. i think the hard bit about about doing this yeah i think mm. off the back of that talking about funding as well there was um we touch on it quite a lot in the documentary about how during the pandemic um our local council um said that for people that were unable to attend their services they would begin to cut their funding thankfully mm. they didn't and um i'd say most of our students haven't been affected by that but there was sort of a, a moment of pure panic uh, at, at one point in the during the pandemic but through that it was about ensuring that our students knew how to get politically engaged with that um in terms of like finding the right resources to gain an understanding of how this affected their um their, their world so one of our students ended up writing a letter to his local mp and we touched on that in the documentary as well mm. um, and that in itself you know having the resources to be able to contact your local mp there needs to be more awareness and more um, accessibility for people with learning disabilities to have a political mm. understanding of yeah. you know how different things affect their world um and obviously at baked beans we support that but it's yeah much deeper than just um the i would also say sorry to cut you off um, ah, you go ahead you go ahead I, it was just i was gonna say or to add on to that i would also say there needs to be support to do these political things like what like what the guys do at baked beans um our tutors help us with this but it's like there needs to be more people we need to be shown how to do it because the political system for, I, I, as again i can only go by my personal experience for me it's so confusing i i don't get it and i i i wouldn't if if it wasn't for people like charlotte and hannah to show me what what's going on and how to do the it, the simple things and all that i wouldn't know how to do all these um these political stuff because it's just it there's so much it's it's like word jargon to me it is so it, it's like well why can't you just make it simple why it's just it, it's over complicating but anyway the whole funding and it's it's so controversial and so many things can be brought up because of it so yeah. i mean it's a very dodgy topic in my opinion so i would say it's <sighs> it goes back to accessibility doesn't it Essen? um you yeah. brought up the word jargon there um that's not a new word in terms of politics in terms of healthcare professionals in terms of anything you know abbreviations and things like that it causes people not mm. understand and um i think until we are in a world where politics and the news is a little bit more accessible yeah how do we expect more people that need that bit of extra support learning and educating to to engage with things if it's not accessible it takes me hours to to sit and get my head around things sometimes and it's not an easy thing to get your head around so i think exactly so I mean, even voting 
like pole cards and stuff are confusing. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the wrong person at one point just because I couldn't understand the card. So. And that's you guys. I mean, imagine what it's going to, what it's like for us. I mean, it's just, it's like a piece of paper with words jumping everywhere. That's the best way to describe it. So it's hard, if it's hard for you guys, can you imagine how it would be even more difficult for us? Because like, and then I mean, that's not necessarily to say that we're we're stupid at all. We're not. It's just we need that extra help to yeah. to do to do certain things in life, and we we have just it, it goes back to uh, uh, past questions you asked. I mean. Like, I can't even remember what they are. <laughs> There's so many questions. Basically, as I would say, it's like, I think it's just, we are people too. We are, we are not stupid. We are not dumb or whatever. We, we are complete. We are, we are clever. We, we know what's going on. We just need, we just need that help to, show us like okay this is how you do it and take it step by step and we'll get it yeah i just want to touch on the re topic of resources and um, having lived in obviously as a listener's now i'm based in australia but i've obviously also lived in london i recently learned that mental health now classes a learning disability and it's part of um the national disability insurance scheme so people with mental health are kind of given that same support that people with learning disabilities are, are given now um, and there's a lot more resources here like I, I'm registered with a company called WISE and they help provide help you with employment and stuff like that so if you're struggling with mental health during work they help support you and they also help people with learning disabilities to find a job and support them during the roles and get them that work experience and support them with stuff like financial stuff getting stuff for work stuff for when they're in the job like suits and stuff like that um and I, I think it's probably a lot more further forward here in terms of resources for people with learning disabilities and um mental health i don't know if it's a, how far how, what it's like in the uk anymore because i don't live in the uk but i found like there's a lot more resources in terms of like support for mental health support for people with learning disabilities and people with learning disabilities that have mental health there's that extra support and our premier has just introduced like a load of stuff like supported living for people with mental health supported a lot more supported living for people with learning disabilities yeah it's fantastic i think there's a way to go here isn't there i mean just put it mm. succinctly yeah i mean this, it's a big subject isn't it but i mean that that's fantastic joe i think mm. yeah i mean we need more of that here i'm kind of conscious of the, of the time and just wanted to ask you whether there's anything we we haven't touched on anything you'd like to say before we, you know, before we finish today? Um, I don't know. I mean, is there anything that you think needs to be said or? That's just sort of what's next for baked beans and where does this mm. now mm. go? So we're what, two, three, June, July, yeah, we're, we're, we're two months since the premiere. We're um, now probably, oh, 18 months since the beginning of the process. Yeah, since the funding application went through. So our, our next big thing, I guess, is um, following on from 
um, everything that we had sort of developed and delved into in the documentary. Um, we collaborated with quite a lot of external um, organisations. Nature um, name drop. Um, we worked with um, a specialist school called Linden Lodge, uh, based in South London, which are they're very unique in the fact that they are a school for children who are blind and have a learning disability. Um, so they've got that combination there. So we work with them. We work with a lot of the um, local youth groups in Wandsworth, um, and we're going to be. They they weren't seen in the documentary because we had so much for footage but we don't want to waste that footage we've got beautiful footage in archives that we want to create a follow-up from um you know it will be a case of going back into those spaces exploring how far people have come since we first filmed to then now um where you know whether the, the highs and the lows whether people have improved in their mental health um situation or like hannah was saying earlier bottled it all the first time around and now are sort of mm -hmm. suffering the consequences of that um, so yeah kind of the where are we now um and what kind of change has happened since the last time we filmed is where mm. is what's next yeah um one thing we ask all our guests that we have on every episode i want to ask like the three of you what your best bit of advice is for people with mental health and learning disabilities that you'd give to our listeners want to go first Essen? yeah and you've got a um... knowledge yeah. <laughs> I can only speak from my experience. I mean, I have suffered with both learning disabilities, special needs, and I've um, mental health as well, all, the old, all three. Um, I would say there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, never give up. And always try and work nice. hard for everything that you that you do in life nothing's really given to you for free that's why I was always taught you have to work for everything you get but the rewards at the end of that will be big because it'll be such an achievement for yourself it may look bleak in the beginning but at the end of that tunnel when you see the light and come out the other side it's and you've you've got that achievement that you've achieved your goals and your dreams. It's it's a bit it's a it's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. Mm. I mean, that's the advice I would give. Yeah, thanks, Essen. What what a really positive message. That's wonderful. Uh, and Thank Hannah you. and Charlotte, what bit of advice would you like to give to others? Um. I would always say in the cheesiest way possible, mental health is very much um, a journey and not a destination. Um, and with that, ensuring that, you know, you communicate when you're, you, you feel you need to. Um, I think mm -hmm. having a good support network around you is really helpful, but also, um, yeah, not being afraid to speak up uh, or, or expressing yourself in many different ways, you know. To, to get the help that you need, I think is probably what I'd say. What would you say? Um, I think mine's more of 
you know, finding the space to switch your brain off, which is a really hard thing to do, a really hard thing to do. It's something I really struggle with. For me, it's exercise. And I find that I don't think about anything when I'm exercising. So I think finding that activity or something you can do that makes your brain just stop for 10 minutes or so. Uh, I'd like to say thank you, uh, Hannah, Charlotte, and Essen for joining us for today. Um, I'm sure a lot of our you, uh, listeners will find this episode beneficial. Um, and to say thank you to Mark for helping host again. If you or anyone you know has been affected by the topics discussed in today's episode or previous episodes, please contact your local or country's helpline. You'll find them by going to Google and typing in helpline. Um, they have Samaritans, Suicide Helpline, but remember that you're not alone, as the title of the podcast says. Um, there are many other people like you that have got mental health issues and feel suicidal and feel alone, but there's always someone there for you to talk to, be it a friend, a family member, a stranger, a psychotherapist or a doctor. There's someone to talk to. I've been in that position before, and talking to someone really does help. It's okay to not be okay. And I will see you in the next episode. If you or anyone you know has been affected by the topics discussed in today's episode or previous episodes, please contact your local or country's helpline. You will find them by going to Google and typing in helpline. Um, They have Samaritans, Suicide Helpline, but remember that you're not alone, as the title of the podcast says. Um, there are many other people like you that have got mental health issues and feel suicidal and feel alone, but there's always someone there for you to talk to, be it a friend, a family member, a stranger, a psychotherapist or a doctor. There's someone to talk to. I've been in that position before. And talking to someone really does help. It's okay to not be okay. And I will see you in the next episode.